Hello, dear listeners. We have a very, very, very special episode today, and it's going to be brought to you in two parts. So we are covering three episodes of these TV shows over two episodes of this podcast, just so it's not too long for all of you. So we're not going to get our normal ratings and MVPs at the end of this episode, but we will get them at the end of the next episode. So it's just like a little intermission for your brain. Welcome to Beach Houses and Babies, a private practice recap podcast. I'm Sam. On today's episode, we'll be chatting all about private practice season five, episodes 14 and 15, and a bit about Grey's Anatomy season eight, episode 15. Episode 14 of Private Practice, Too Much, was written by Noah Evslinal and directed by Karen Gaviola. It aired on February 9th, 2012. Episode 15, You Break My Heart, was written by Steve Blackman and Craig Turk and directed by Allison Liddy Brown. It aired on February 16th, 2012. Grey's Anatomy Season 8, Episode 15, Have You Seen Me Lately, was written by Austin Guzman and directed by Tony Fellin. It aired on February 16th, 2012. On today's episode, you may have guessed, we have Abby and Bree from the long-running, much-beloved Grey's Anatomy podcast, The Uncall Room. Yay! Hello! Hi, everyone. (laughs) So happy to be here. here. Wait, (laughs) (laughs) we are happy to be here. (laughs) So happy to be here. Yeah, (laughs) really happy to be here. Yeah, it's been since season two. So we were together for the season two crossover, and now we're together for the season five crossover, and it's the last crossover. Wow, sad. I know. Your podcast is going to end before ours. It's done. <laughs> I know. And I still have people being like, you're going to be done in 20,500, 2,000. I can't say a number. But they're like, it's going to take a million years. And I, I was like, do you have any idea how many episodes Grey's Anatomy has? Too, too many. many. That's how many. Yeah. <laughs> Way too many. So before we get to your questions, this isn't really listener mail, but I just want to give a shout out to Jake Borelli, a.k.a. Dr. Levi Schmidt who I chatted with a couple weeks ago on the SAG after strike picket line. Um, yeah, I hope you found us okay. If you did, just send me a DM. Also, this okay, podcast man. is probably much better without Bree and I, so d- please give another episode a try. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> don't don't bother listening to our podcast about your show. You're just going to tear it apart. You're not going to want to listen to it. We do like your character, though, if you are listening. Love him. Love him. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> so what other podcasts are you two loving right now? Okay. I'll go first. Well, Brie, yeah. thanks. Um, I, <laughs> I'm listening to Be There in Five religiously. Um, Kate Kennedy is one of my favorite podcast hosts. She talks to herself. Sometimes she interviews other people. It's very long form. They're like two hours long, which the longer the better for me. And her book is coming out in January called Once in a Millennial. And I just love her. Her life is so similar to mine. Also love Fly on the Wall with Dana Carvey and David Spade. They interview old SNL cast members. And I really love David Spade. I feel like his weird specific sense of humor is something that I love. So did you watch Eight Simple Rules when it was on? No. Should I? Yeah. Okay. So that's the one with John Ritter and he passes away during the show. And then David Spade comes in and is, he's, he's, he plays like the cousin or the uncle, but he's like the father figure for after 
he dies. So he's great. I love him in that. Just really connected with the Emperor's new groove as a child. And just it really stayed from that point on. Formative media. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. How about you, Brie? I love Absolutely Not with our favorite comedian, Heather McMahon. So good. She just had a Netflix special come out, Son I Never Had. I don't know why I'm promoting Heather McMahon on this, but go check that out. (laughs) And then I also, I really love, you know, like I would say I'm a murderino. Like I love my favorite murder um, and anything kind of having to do with weird crime stuff. I really love Spooked right now, too, mm. especially during spooky season, hearing about ghost stories. But you can only listen to that one during the day because you don't want to scare yourself. Absolutely not. At night. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I, I am like Disney Channel original movie after dark only. No other <laughs> Halloween movies after dark. Only and even those dogs. ones can be a little spooky. I know. Don't look under the bed. Like tips to scary. Yeah. You know. And I just watched, oh my gosh, is it My Mom's Dating a Vampire or something? Uh What a weird premise. It has Hilda from Sabrina, right? It has the dad from Lizzie McGuire, and it has Mr. Sheffield from The Nanny. Those are like the three adults. That's a weird cast. Stacked cast. (laughs) Iconic, highly suggest. Of course, (laughs) Halloween Town, all day, every day. Okay, I'm going to say something, Sam. (gasps) Sam, I watched Halloween Town the other day. It's bad. (laughs) It's real bad. Well, then perhaps you would prefer Halloween Town 3. <laughs> perhaps I would. Perhaps. I should t- give it a chance. Brie, you watched Halloween yeah. Town at my house one Halloween. <laughs> I did? Why did I do that? I don't know. I, it's, we it's, not, it's not good. But I watch <laughs> it every year. And then I always watch like Practical Magic. Mm-hmm. And oh, I watched – it was funny. I was studying for an exam the other day and John came downstairs, my husband – and he was like, what are you watching? I had The Shining on in the background. He was like, it's a really weird movie to have on when you're studying for an exam. Yeah. Yeah, especially in your field. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. I think it's more like a character study. Yeah. True. Yeah, yeah, maybe it is helpful in that way. I think it's maybe I like Halloween Town so much because I was slash am such a scaredy cat that that was like so camp that I could watch it. Yes. And it yeah. didn't scare me in the way that, like, even Hocus Pocus did. Also, I love Twitches. Is Twitches on your rotation? Because it should be. Teen no, it's w- not. Does that stand for <gasps> Teen Witches? Yes. Yes, it does. Good. Good looking out there. It's <laughs> T and Tamara Maori. Oh. Oh. Is this a Disney original channel also? The only Halloween movies I watch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'm so sorry. You don't step outside of those for other Halloween I guess I do for Hocus Pocus because it was a theatrical release and not right, on right. Disney Channel. So I, I am, you know, I, I contain multitudes. I, I can see that. I can hear that. <laughs> I will, I will say, I have something to admit that I have not seen Hocus Pocus two. I haven't either yet. It is high camp. It is high camp. Okay. Look at it from a camp lens. Don't expect yeah. it to be the original and don't expect it to be like Barbie Oppenheimer. Okay, well, actually, I- maybe maybe <laughs> look at it as being Barbie because it is so camp. But have a cute little hot chocolate, spiced yeah. apple cider, whatever you'd like, a little char spookery board, if you will. Oh, and nice. And just enjoy. There's a really good retinol joke that I think is my favorite thing in the world. Perfect. All right. So just appreciate it for what it is. 
Yes, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Like, don't expect it to be the first one because it's that's lightning in a bottle. Perfect. Okay. okay. There are less virgin jokes, which is great. <laughs> that's yeah. You know what? After this, I'm gonna go put it on, and then I'm gonna report back to you. Thank you <laughs> so much. <laughs> so, besides these wonderful things, what else are you reading and/or watching right now? I'm watching The Golden Bachelor, and I am loving every minute of it. Um, he's too soft for this world. He is not going to be able to vote women out or not give them roses because he's too kind. Um, but I love him. I love the show. It's like breathed life into it for me. And I have looked forward to it every week. And then I'm like every other, I feel like woman who likes fantasy fiction. And I read the fourth wing, can't wait for the new one. And I'm currently in the middle of throne of glass. So yeah, just, you know, living my fantasy life. I think science with Sarah is reading that series right now. It's, about that. it's a Sarah Moss series. She wrote Court of Thorns and Roses, Crescent City. This is her first series, I think, and I'm just behind. It's just so long. I'll probably be reading it for the next, like, three months. That's fair. Yeah. But it's great. Fourth Wing is amazing. The newest one comes out this month, I think, so I'm going to try to find a midnight release and be like I used to with books back in the day. Yeah. In the Hogwarts state of mind. Yeah. That's all. That's great. Abby loves to read. I struggle with it. You finished a book? I just finished a book the other night, um, You Should Talk to Someone, which is really great. It's a therapist account of like these different clients that she had and her own personal journey through her therapy. All like names and stuff are changed. It's by Lori Gottlieb, I think yeah, is the name. Yeah, it's really, really good. I'm also mm-hmm. currently reading a book on borderline personality disorder called <laughs> Stop Walking on Eggshells. So uh, not because I have it, but because – I. It's a difficult diagnosis if you believe in personality disorders because there's dispute about that. But anyway, very interesting book. And then we're watching the new season of Great British Bake Off, which love oh, you were going to say Grace and <laughs> Watching the new season of Grace, loving it. I heard Grace and I was like, what? <laughs> no, Great, great British Bake Off. And um, we also watch Jeopardy every night, like really into oh, yeah. trivia. So that's like – kind of all I have time for. And you know, like the classic reruns, like Gilmore Girls, things like yeah. that. Grey's Anatomy in the background. Yeah, yeah, always, always. I was really struck a couple, oh God, it was months ago now, when you said you had the antenna for your TV and you're just watching yeah. like what 80-year-olds watch. Yeah. That's my ideal. Well, it's just so wild that like a lot of like live television now is just television from the early 2000s. Like they're not <laughs> creating new things. They're just playing like, reruns of extreme home makeover and like get amped up for that stuff like ty pennington like sunday night sitting around the tv who's did anyone else do that who's the one that did odd jobs or like is that ty no who's the guy that like did the hard jobs on hgtv like you know like dirty job dirty jobs dirty jobs dirty Dirty jobs jobs. yeah but that wasn't on hgtv i think that was on discovery channel ah yes yes but also great show you know yeah. I was a trading spaces girl myself like I wanted <sighs> that makeover so badly yeah yeah who was your favorite designer I had two do you want me to go first I'll go first yeah my I don't first one names. was Hildy which she was yes. wacky yeah yeah the wackiest She's, one yeah and then I really liked um Genevieve too She's she the was last one yeah yeah wow. but I didn't like the one guy with the glasses like he always did like farmhouse and that's not really mine 
It's not 2014 yet. He maybe was a time traveler. No. (laughs) When I was flying home from Italy, I watched nine episodes of Fixer Upper with Chip and Joanna and came to the conclusion that every house looks the same that they do. Like, they're beautiful. But, like, and so, but I, like, was transfixed by that, like, type of television show where it's just the same. And I was like, this is so good. Well, it's something that you can like, it's, if you have anxiety, like you can watch it and know what to expect. Like yes. it's the same thing every time. I yes. like shows like that because I have anxiety. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's why I love procedurals. On the strike lines, people have been like, okay, what is your like dream show to do once this is over? And everyone is like, another Game of Thrones, another this and that. And I'm like, I want to be on a procedural, like put me in SVU. Yes. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Or that other one that we like, but race, free, grace. (laughs) She's looking at me like, what? Grey's Anatomy, that one. Yeah, cool, cool. That one, yeah. Yeah. There's that show with, um, oh my God, who is the actress in Russian Doll? And um, Natasha Leone. She is in that. that Poker face. Yes, it's very procedural. Mm -hmm. My friend Colton is in that. I didn't know that that's what kind of show it was. And I was like, why is every episode the same? And then yeah. I realized that was the point. Yeah. <laughs> so it was great. So fun. So last thing before we move on is you said The Golden Bachelor. Have Love you it. seen any TikToks this morning about the Tompkins Square Dog Halloween Parade? Yes. I've So many. I've sent them all to Jake. My entire. Have you seen The Golden Retriever that is The Golden Bachelor? No. I didn't see that dog. I'll have to look it up. He has on like a tuxedo collar. <laughs> he kind of looks like a golden retriever. I think that's the point. Yeah. Golden, like your golden years, but also like big golden energy. Yeah. Oh, he, yeah. he sounds like Kermit the Frog and he's just so, he's just too gentle. He's too gentle. I really need to watch that. I've never watched The Bachelor, but I feel like this is one I could You should. There's on. only been four episodes so far. Yeah. You could I catch up. In. I yeah. have tried in the past because everyone is obsessed with it. And I just, I don't know if I'm just like too cynical romantically, but I'm like, these people are not in it for the right reasons. Oh, no, they're I definitely not. But I think these women are. They're all widows. The There's so many widows. <laughs> I think this is the one that is like actually, you know, what it's meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. So where can we find you online if you want to be found? Oh, my God. I hope that sounds in my <laughs> mouth just made. <laughs> uh, so sorry. You're growing, you're growing a human. We'll forgive it. My stomach is inches below my boobs. There's just nothing I can control. Um, oh, it's so that. bad. You can find the podcast online at the On Call Room Pod on Instagram. Um, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. Um, we're back to putting out weekly episodes. We had like a summer vacay. I was growing a baby. Brie was just doing life things. Um, and uh, I'm still growing the baby. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't stop. Yeah. And yeah, that's you can find us there. I was thinking today, well, this week when I was watching the episodes, I was like, wow, this is the first time that I have had a pregnant person on the podcast of Beach Houses and Babies. Yeah, oh, wow. there's – it's also wild. Like I was – well, we'll talk when we talk about the show. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah pregnancy things I'm like oh I should think about this (laughs) but also like you didn't just have a heart transplant and are lying to your doctors yeah that's a wild storyline mad can't can't wait to get into it mad all right so our patient breakdown for this extra special crossover episode is 
First notes and miscellaneous, per usual. We have Addison Forbes Montgomery, again without a diagnosis, per usual. We have Eli with neonatal abstinence syndrome and cystic adenomatoid malformation. We have Gloria Murphy with congestive heart failure, and she is pregnant, and I was screaming at my TV the entire time she was on. We have Corinne Bennett with bipolar disorder. We have Erica Warner with a gliosarcoma and stroke. And then we have a section for Gray's notes because I was also screaming at my TV, but for a different reason. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have very many first notes. Oh, so dear listeners, we're going to go through this by character. We're not really going to say what episode it's in, except that Gray's is obviously in Gray's. Perfect. I have a first note. Yes, please. I felt, I think it's, I think Addison says it. Okay. Also, you will all have to forgive me. It's been a long time since I've watched private practice. The names I may stumble upon because I just like it, my brain. It's been a long time since I entered this world, but I believe it's, she's, um, Addison says it to Sam. I think she says, you look so sad. You look like a little boy. And I thought yes. this was very nice. <laughs> just like what a way to like greet if I'm sad already. And then it's like, you look so sad. You look like a little girl. I'd be like, what? <laughs> so it's I don't like know. When you're, when you're sick and you go somewhere and they're like, oh, you look, you look so like tired. Shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, thank you. I didn't know. Yes. <laughs> My first note is they didn't stop making yearbooks. So how does Hot Scott not know what a yearbook is? <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I think that they're just trying to really show their age difference, which in reality is like 10 years, I guess. Maybe yeah. a little bit more, but they didn't stop making yearbooks. He knows what a yearbook is. They did stop signing them, I feel like, because, well, at least our school, you'd get your yearbook like over the summer. It was the silliest thing. Well, yeah, I feel like in high school, we didn't sign yearbooks, but we did in grade school. Middle school. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we would always right. get it like the last day, and then that at would lunch, be ideal. Like, Mad we'd, dash. I think yeah. we'd get it the first day of the next year. Yeah, we would get it. It would like take for in order for it to be printed or something. They yeah. did it over the summer, which is dumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyways, Bree, do you have any first notes? Uh, my first note was just Sam picks up his sister Corinne. It's been twenty years, and we thought she was dead. I were like, I remember watching this when I first watched this, and this was like a big deal. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Especially because it's Anika Noni Rose too. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I didn't have this note, but I will say, and I forgot that they did like the intro Addison and therapy thing. Is that just this season? Yeah. It's new this season. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. We've been kind of hypothesizing that it's because, you know, private practice obviously it ends next season and it was kind of going down in the ratings. When we get a trivia, you'll see how much less they are seeing. Uh-huh. And I'm slash we slash really me is hypothesizing <laughs> that it's because they were trying to like be like, how can we capture that lightning in a bottle of Grey's Anatomy? Maybe it's the monologues and the theme of the episode. So like to to bookend it. Yeah. You can't capture lightning in a bottle. I love private practice, obviously, but it's not going to be Grace. That's interesting. What if it was because the Sopranos did it with Tony Soprano and they were like, well, we got to put her in therapy in the same oh. way. But I, I thought it was interesting that the Grace episode we watched and this one had therapy in it. I was like, wow. Yeah. So much therapy. Yeah. Well, I think that a lot of shows end up putting their patients – or not their patients, their – they're the patient in therapy. Yeah, yeah. They're characters in therapy because it creates, I don't know, the space for us to get insight from them that we probably wouldn't if they weren't in therapy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any more first notes before I move into Addison? Let's do it. 
All right. She has varied interests and she took lots of college classes, which tracks. But at the end, she says, I loved every minute of it. I overloaded my college courses a lot. And uh, that is not how I would describe my heavy college course load at all. I did not love every minute of it. (laughs) That always blows my mind when people say that. Like, do people actually, like, love coursework? It's hard. Like, you might enjoy the topic. I don't know. Is it? I think it's hindsight. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Abby, did you feel that way? Um, I did not feel that way. But I also feel like I did not have the hardest college experience. Like, I minored in dance and then majored in journalism, which at the time was like, have you all heard of blogs? It was like blogs <laughs> are new. And there's also this thing called Twitter. And my entire degree should be called R.I.P. blogs and Twitter because that's literally all I studied. And now none of those things apply. So um, <laughs> yeah. And blogs. Oh yeah. my gosh. That's so funny. I mean, Substack is coming now, but it was like, it was like Yahoo News would have a blog. And we were like, this is the future of journalism. Did you have to write a lot in that degree? No, because I went the graphic design route because I didn't want to write. So I also like did a study abroad and we sat in a cafe and we drew pictures. (laughs) Addison avoiding Jake in the lobby and they're both smiling like they're like middle schoolers. They're like, oh, and they're so cute. It's wild to jump into an episode where she is in between, like she is her and Jake had that moment we hear about in Palm Springs, which I did not watch, but like you hear about it. And yet she sleeps with Sam. It's like, it's weird to be in like an in-between phase. Yeah. I was about to spoil. I was about to spoil. That's why I I know. I was going to say, if you accidentally spoil, I can cut it out. Yeah, yeah. I actually have an audio file that is like end of series spoilers. So that would actually be really funny. But you anything – oh, dear listeners, we should say, if you are not caught up to season 19 of Grey's Anatomy, approach with caution because I'm sure we will be talking about it. (laughs) Um, But so this is a private practice spoiler-free podcast – Grey's Anatomy spoiler full podcast. Spoiler full. Yes, yeah. perfect. Can I get a little just to just to make sure I'm on the right track here, a little quick backstory about like why are I think I know why, but why are Sam and Addison not like together right now? Because he doesn't want to have a baby. Okay, that's what I thought. And she really she he's done parenting and she wants that. So it's really interesting to watch like even though that's what she wants out of her life, like they still love each other or she's stressed out or she wants to be there for him and like I know we were talking about Jake but the Sam like the sexual tension between Sam is still there and I love that I love that about the show I just feel like it's real of like you can have feelings for more than one person at a time yes oh yeah I thought it was really sweet when um, Jake says you have this in your notes too that he would like Sam has other friends and he would hate to see her hurt worse. To me, that's like a, a, a true statement too. I feel like in Addison's reality, she's like, but I can help him more than anyone else. Like she she can't get over this idea that like she isn't the best person to help him. But it is true. He does have other people to lean on and it is not going to make her feel better. Like it is yes. going. And so I thought that him, Jake seems very like 
self-aware of like, this is not going to be good for you. Also, what a man of control, just the way, like, I forget (laughs) about his character. It's very, he's very like emotionally controlled, I feel like, and particular about what he says. Also, I did have a note that says, I forgot the cop from Miss Congeniality is on this show. So (laughs) that is where my brain is as well. (laughs) Yes. I have been watching the original Law and Order from the beginning while I work during the day. I'm now on season oh, six. That's a great idea. And he, thank you, he just showed up and he is like 31, 32 years old. And he is like the kid with Jerry Orbach. <laughs> and I forgot that he showed up and I was like, oh my God, Jake, what are you doing here? Oh my God, Miss Congeniality guy, what are you doing here? That's just, to me, I must have seen that. Well, obviously I saw that movie before I watched Private Practice, but it must have been very impactful for me. Like, I'm just like that character or also the, are all his characters similar? I don't know. Sort of like. I feel like it's a general like hot guy, strong guy, smart yeah, guy. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, yeah. happy to see him. <laughs> yeah. You are not the first person to say that on this podcast. <laughs> okay, great. So it really must have been really, really special. You're a millennial. Yes. Yes, of course. And if you're not, you should be. <laughs> <laughs> Period. <laughs> Period. The body language in this scene in Addison's office in the first episode with Violet is so interesting. They're talking about Violet's relationship with Hot Scott and that they're basically – they're filling that like Meredith-Christina void of mm. the girl the girl friendship. And Addison is super relaxed but not like halfway on the floor like Violet. And when <laughs> she's talking about herself, Violet is like very down. But then she sits all the way up to the edge of her seat when Violet is telling her about that news from the Palm Springs conference. I just love it. Perfect. Yeah. I love – you know, it's interesting to watch there and to think about how their friendship has developed because they weren't very good friends. And then – Naomi left, right? Yes, and so they yes. had to like they had to have a person like you said. I love the pull to Meredith and Christina. Thank you. Also, but imagine talking like that to your coworkers. I know. Like <laughs> about having sex. Like it's like they're in a practice like saying some kind of like filthy things. Uh, I love it, but And the door is probably open. Oh yeah, yeah. I just can't imagine doing that. Like being that comfortable no. with someone at my work to say those things. I did love that they paired Violet with like a younger man, like an older uh-huh. woman, like and and that there's no like well, I don't know if I would say there's no I don't believe there's shame in that, but there is yeah. sort of at the end, like she's unsure how she feels about it. But I, I'd like that they did that. I thought that was great. Also, there's always the trope of hot paramedic, hot yeah, firefighter, always. which makes me laugh. I mean, I'm married to one, but like I've they're not all super hot. No. <laughs> and so I just think that's funny that's like but on TV they are. Yeah, it's like, oh my God, a paramedic. And it's like <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So that is true. You're right about that. Well, think about like station 19. Yeah. And something about like, I think it's like adrenaline. Like, oh my God, they drive an ambulance. Like, <laughs> like they're like street doctors, you know? <laughs> street doctors. doctors. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Sheree was right. Guest host Sheree was right. Addison and Sam did have another moment in the woods. I texted her oh, a screenshot of that. That's a great reference to Into the Woods. Thank you. Melissa came up with it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I, I texted Sheree a screen cap and she was like, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> 
It was so weird. I don't understand when people, this is me personally, like are going through an extremely hard emotional time and then someone comes over and they're like, yes, I'm ready to have sex. I know that like for some people it is a distraction and like, I mean, I think about like Alex Karev when he's crying on the steps to Izzy in Grey's and he like tries to make out with her. My instinct is not to do that. I'd be like, Mm -hmm. don't touch me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So... I mean, maybe if it was Sam, I'd feel different. I don't know. But I just think it's interesting that the TV shows always do that. Yeah. I think you're right, though, Abby, that I think sometimes it can be, like, not having, like, the capacity to sit in an emotion. Like, so some people turn to, like, substances, but some people would turn to sex. Yeah, yeah. I turn to old episodes of Grey's Anatomy. (laughs) (laughs) And macaroni and cheese. But, hey. I turn to – I know this is not a visual medium. Goldfish. Flavor – Flavor blasted goldfish, which I just finished moments before starting this podcast. I like the dust on those. Interesting. I'm more of a Cheez-Its girl yeah. myself, but I see the – Same. Oh, I'm trying something new. I'm trying something new. Extra toasty Cheetos? Dude, dude, my husband loves those. I can't eat them anymore, and I really miss Cheez-Its. Really, really miss oh, them. Oh, gluten-free. Surprised they haven't made a gluten-free Version. They're like garbage. There's like the gluten-free Cheez-Its are garbage. Probably, yeah, oh, the rice probably know. messes with it. Yeah. 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 Addison says one obstacle after another. That's just life. And this week especially, I was like, yes, ma'am, you're correct. Thank you for once again um, pulling my life into this show. Yes. Mm-hmm. My mom said the other day, <laughs> yesterday, she said, you know, and this is for all the people who were raised Catholic out there. She said, you know, your whole life is just a penance. And I said, that is the most <laughs> depressing thing I have ever heard. It's so true. You're saying my, enti- my entire life is just penance? Like, great. For what? So, oh, my God. Wow. So one ab- obstacle after another. One penance after another, you know? <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Do you think she thought that when she fell? Yeah, I think she did. My mom <laughs> broke her shoulder. Oh, She's no. probably like, God's teaching me a lesson <laughs> or pay, offering it up for something. Oh, no. Yeah, proud of her. Ugh. <sighs> Miss Babs. Mrs. Babs, I should say. <laughs> Mrs. Babs. Mrs. Yeah. Babs. <laughs> Finally, Jake and Addison admit that they have real feelings for each other. And I was like, it's only been half a season. I've only been doing this for what seems like years. And they finally admit it. I love this. I just rewatched the HBO Max Brene Brown series on emotions. And that is like, and she shows like movie clips. And that is such a good example of vulnerability. Like mm-hmm. his vulnerability. And then for her to respond honestly, mm-hmm. instead of like holding it in and not knowing what he's going to say. I loved it. So yeah, happy that was a them. great scene. Obsessed. Yeah. I like that they didn't act on it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what made it powerful, I think. I, I think so, too. If they would have just, like, made out, it would have been like, oh. But this. Right. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I love it. I forget how much I like Jake because I am so in love with Mark and Addison together mm. that I forget about her and anyone else. Like, even her and Derek, I'm like, poo-poo, move aside. It's Addison and Mark forever. But when Jake <laughs> comes into the picture, I'm like, oh, right. Well, I think going back to what Abby said, like, he just – it feels like he's very controlled. Like he's not emotionally all over the place. Like, if you think about Derek, I'd rather like, not. Derek is just we'll get out of my house. house. <laughs> yeah, he's out of control all the time. So yeah, there's something nice about having this like steadfast partner yeah. next yes, to you. I agree. 
Anything else for Addie? I'm sure we'll talk about her more, but... Okay, Eli with neonatal abstinence syndrome and cystic adenomatoid malformation. Sorry for Oh, my... this is the little baby. Yes, the little baby from the first episode. Um, Cooper? Okay, yeah. At first, before I realized that this woman, mm-hmm. this girl was the sister, not the mom, I was like, screw you, Cooper. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I know. don't you know breastfed is best? Yeah, no. And like, I know. Fed is Did you even part? try enough? <laughs> yeah, that part, I was like ready to punch the screen. And then I, I mean, it doesn't, even though then it wasn't the mom, it's still the fact that that's where he went. Yeah was weird. But don't you think that said something about when this came out? Because I think that, and people can be very, still very shamey about breastfeeding or not breastfeeding, but like, I think more people are understanding of formula now than they were back when this show came out. I would agree, but still. Also, there's some, yeah, (laughs) some new, some new moms that I know or that are podcasts. I get confused if they're my friends or if it, where I heard a story, but she was saying that like some formula brands go so far to try to make you feel okay about like feeding formula that you actually feel worse. Like it'll like write on it, like fed is best. You're doing your best mama. And like the formula says that and it's like just reiterating that like you're doing your best but it's not the best but it's like, not yeah and like she's like this formula is shaming me like yeah. <laughs> so oh anyways i think that's hilarious yeah i also thought it was really interesting how pete's guard immediately goes up thinking that this sister stole a baby like katie and then oh. later when the when she, he finds out that the mom like stepped away thinking about violet leaving that's such good Insight, Sam. You're really good at this podcast. (laughs) Thank you so much. I learned from the best. (laughs) I think you're talking about us, but I'm not sure. No, I am. (laughs) No, that is... That is such a good point because his response is really interesting compared to Cooper's. But you're right. It's like coming from his lived experience, Mm -hmm. which often these doctors do. And it makes for great television, but like seeing their flaws about how they're responding to certain patients based on their lived experience. I mean, we all do that, I guess. I was glad that they referenced in this storyline that like now they know better and the child staying with the family mm-hmm. is like yeah. a much better option if if it's possible. Because at first I, I didn't know where it was like going and I just know that to be way more true now than what used to happen. And so I was glad that that was like said out loud. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually – referred to my mom for this because she worked in a similar field because I was really confused because we learned that Denise I think that sister's name is Denise is 19 Uh so that's Mm -hmm. freshly aged out of the system that's a whole other conversation but I was like wouldn't the social workers know that this foster child's mother is pregnant again and wouldn't they at least like keep an eye on it if they know another child maybe would need to go into the system and my mom said Every state and every county is different. Mm-hmm. Most kids only stay in foster homes or the system itself for nine-ish months. And the goal is to want them to return to their home or their family. The agency is working with the family so they would know that the mother is pregnant. But since the daughter had aged out of the foster system, maybe they don't know. Like say this baby mm-hmm. was, I don't know, born at eight months. Let's be liberal, conservative, whatever. Yeah. And – so if she's almost 20, so if she has almost been out for 12 months, 11 months, it is possible that they would not know. Mm-hmm. But that was just like mm-hmm. the most unbelievable part about this whole situation for me is the social worker being like, there's another baby. <laughs> <laughs> 
I do love that you have that information, though, that there is a possibility that maybe they wouldn't. Yeah. When the mother says, I learned on Denise. Yeah. Like, literally out loud. She said the quiet part out loud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She has bigger problems, but. That's, that's tough. Yeah. That's, that's. That's just really tough to yes. say in here. Yeah. I forget if Denise was in the room. I don't think she was. I think she came in right after. But still, like – but that also shows growth in that mother that she knows and she wants to do better. I also think it really helps is the wrong word, but that Pete and Cooper just went through the whole thing with Amelia mm-hmm. and see that – That people can yes. get better. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, Amelia went to structured inpatient rehab, and this mother left her baby at home and went to a hotel and didn't tell anyone. But still, everyone has their own journey. I find that interesting. Yeah, I find that interesting, too. Like, do – and I can't remember. How does it resolve? Like, do they encourage her to, like, go work a program or something? They encourage her to – to um, continue working on her sobriety. They don't really say how. And then they're like, you can raise your baby and your teenage daughter can help you and you can work as a team and fix your family that way. I really thought they'd bring it back. Because that's really helpful to that teenage daughter. Yeah. Like, who? Why don't you now raise a child? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she was prepared, but prepared in air quotes. Yeah. But- it's also like not – like I think you – like I feel like it's also like not these doctors' roles mm-hmm. to be giving them life advice. That's like – so another professional. Well, but I don't but I don't know that that's necessarily life advice. Like I think that is a part of like patient care, medical care, making sure that they're like in a like working a program or something. Like I if at least I look at that like looking at the person holistically, not just like, oh, your baby has this thing or right. like referring them to like Sam was saying like a social worker or something. Like that I feel like is a part of doctor's care. Yeah. Am I wrong in that? Well, I think they are mandated reporters, but there are transitional – like, people whose job at the hospital is for transitions. Mm-hmm. But when I told sure. – my, my mom was like, how did that end? And I was like, Addison called the social worker. My mom said, Addison did the right thing. I was like, yeah, Addison, my love, always. Always <laughs> <laughs> oh, snorted. Oh, well. <laughs> That's all right. Yes. I love that. I love that. You just snorted. It's so cute. <laughs> I've been doing that lately. I think it's just my laughing and my open breath work, you know? <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Gloria Murphy with congestive heart failure and is pregnant. I was screaming the whole time. They did IVF when they weren't supposed to. Like like It's also crazy that the IVF people don't require like your medical records. That part blew my mind. It felt like a back alley IVF the way that he was talking about. He's like, well, I just trusted her. Yeah. And I was like, I don't think that's how it works. I think it's way more intense. So I think the storyline was like pushing reality a little bit that this would actually be a possible thing. I will say it was very action packed. It was. Like when she was like not able to breathe or whenever, you know, she wasn't doing well. And she's like, I know why. I stopped taking my immunosuppressant. You know, like that was very like. It felt a little Grey's Anatomy where the music would be like, dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Like, oh, my mm-hmm. God. You know? It was so sad. Uh, yeah. I, well, and then how it the storyline ended. That like, last scene. You guys, that worst possible scenario, yeah. right? Like, Right. I felt like the, the dad slash husband was way too chill. Yeah. Yeah. I think he was probably in shock. I think you're right. Pro- oh, for sure. I, I, and maybe some people are like – I wanted a kid so bad that this is a risk we were willing to take. But I think like, I'm just putting myself and my husband, I'm like, he would choose me. Yeah. Like, like I, yeah. <laughs> like mm-hmm. over being alone and having to raise a kid alone. 
Um, but he didn't know. The husband didn't know she wasn't taking her immunosuppressants. That's true, which I'd be so mad. Maybe that's why he was chill because he was also kind of mad. Yeah. I bet he was mad. Really mad yeah. and really sad. They didn't talk about girl names. That's going to be me if I have a boy. I didn't don't know any boy names. So, oh, that's funny that you say that because I was like, why didn't they talk about other names? But you're not talking about boy names. So. Oh, yeah. The part when, when, um, but you keep saying he, uh, uh yeah, I think it's just in the p- patriarchy. Okay. It's an easier pronoun to say. <laughs> I do say it a lot also, but that feels rude. Was it this? Why did I have it? I have a note and I can't remember now if it was this baby or was there a baby in the Grey's Anatomy episode where, where they find out the gender. Like and I got emotional and I might have been. Oh no! It's this might have. It's it is the Grey's Anatomy episode because Morgan has her baby. Oh yes, Morgan's yeah. child. Yes, yeah. but, Tommy. But anyways, they obviously didn't. Well, they would have known the gender with IVF, I think. Well, apparently not because Jake didn't do anything. He he didn't know anything. So why would he do a sonogram? <laughs> yeah, because usually you you would know. But I got emotional in that part. Do you know in IVF? I just I don't think you have to know. Okay, I just talked to a couple and I was like, "Did you guys know what you were having?" And they said, "Yeah, we did IVF, so we knew." Oh, like they chose what to put in. That's. But I guess you. I think you can probably. I think you can just like, yeah, I think you can just be like, but then the doctor's choosing, which is wild. I think I listened about this on a podcast too, where it's like with IVF, they know like your doctors, when they make embryos, like they know. And so whether you choose, there's like a moral thing of like, is that weird that you can sort of play that role? But also if you don't, then your practitioner is, which is also weird and wild. Isn't that crazy? But would they have known 10 years ago? Like, could they still do that 10 years ago? Interesting. That's a good good question. I don't know. I assume when you make an embryo, you would. But I could be I, – I have no idea. This is a good thing. We should have a fact check. Someone but fact yeah. check this. Yes. Send us, send us a DM. Yeah. Also, sometimes in IVF, don't they put more than one embryo in? Yeah. Yes. But some people only put one. Like, these people okay. that I know only did one at a time. So clearly I don't know that much about IVF. Isn't that wild though? Anyways, this was a back alley IVF situation with Jake. That's what this is. Can you imagine if this woman with a recent heart transplant was carrying like triplets? Can you imagine? No. No. Oh my, I, I like, I was screaming at my TV that doctors can only help you if they have all the information. I also understand Sam's anger. Imagine oh, yeah. working so hard to get someone a new heart. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And what that means for the donor and like other people who would have wanted the heart also. Yeah. And then to have it be rejected because they're not like, that's, I can understand his anger in that moment. Like, not as extreme, but it's almost a Denny Duquette situation with Erica Hahn and her other mm-hmm. patient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. My last question is why in the heck is Jake assisting in a heart surgery? He is not a cardiothoracic surgeon and he's there with the with the rib spreader and I'm like Jake you're at the wrong end of the body and also you're not a heart surgeon. <laughs> what is his actual role? Like what is he's his... an OB, right? He, he might be an OB but he's like an IVF specialist. So he like took Naomi's. But he also works on hearts. Apparently, open heart surgery at <laughs> yeah, that. He's like, I'll crack the chest. Like, what? <laughs> you don't have an intern that can, you, like, not, you don't have a resident? You don't have a fellow? Like, oh. I was yeah. also like, imagine giving, which, oh, how did Addison get the baby out? They were like, get it out, Addison. I think your body still does contractions. Like, even if you're not oh, pushing. Oh, okay. Because she the was body, yeah. out. She was out. The, you know yeah. what I mean? 
And so then your body is still in labor. And so I think she would probably at some point like turn and pull the shoulders out. Well, then, then they should just knock me out while I do it. If I can be out and my body will do it anyways, why do I have to be awake? But no, I, I, I was dying that Addison was like, I'm working on it. And the patient is like, Bleh. and then I said, imagine if she had lived and she had just had traumatic labor and her chest was cracked open. That is just too much trauma. Oh my God. Well, that's why she died. I know. <laughs> I know. Too much trauma on her body. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that poor family. Yeah. Yeah. I ugh, makes me sick. Like I, I haven't been this mad about a patient case in a really long time. <laughs> I get it. It's television. All right, on to Corinne Bennett with bipolar disorder. Okay. We learn that, like you said earlier, Sam hasn't seen Corinne in twenty years. So I guess Corinne has never mm-hmm. met Maya. Mm-hmm. 20 years is so long. Mm-hmm. That's such a long time. And it's so sad to think, like, he had no idea. Like, he thought... They had a funeral. Yeah. They thought she was dead. Like, imagine... Honestly, Sam is handling it very well. Until for, the like, end. your yeah. sister... Yeah, for your sister to come back from 20 years. Yeah. Wild. Also, how did... Uh, I'm sorry. I don't... No, no. Is the mom still alive? They, she, they reference her, right? The mom is alive. It sounds like the dad is not alive. The first thing I would do is call mom. That's what I was thinking. I don't even the whole care time. if the sister says no. I was like, this is insane that he's keeping this secret. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I also like for all three episodes, I was like, who is older? We find out that Corinne is younger and Sam is older. Okay, yes, yes. Which it seems switched to me. It seems like Corinne mm-hmm. is older. Maybe that's just because Sam is a little immature about it. And like, sure, everyone has trauma, but I I'm just gonna jump to the end. That yeah. monologue that Corinne has being like, this didn't happen to you, Sam. Like, this isn't about you. I was like, I think that that is one of the best monologues all season. Mm -hmm. When she was saying like, 10 years ago, I was doing this. Five years ago, I was doing this. Someone to put Dr. Sam Bennett in his place and be like, this specifically is not about you. It didn't happen to you. It happened to me. I think is so important. And finally, someone told Sam that this is not about him. Like, yes, it is difficult, and traumatic to not know where your sister is. But like she said, you were living in Malibu. Yeah, I I don't I I'm gonna play devil's advocate Ooh, and say yeah, love it. <laughs> and say that like we are we only know our own reality. And like for Sam, like I think it's good. I loved her monologue and I agreed with it. It's kind of like that two things can be true at once. I think Sam needed to hear that. But I also think like, and Brie, now here we go. You're in school to be a a licensed therapist. I also think at the same time, his reality is his reality. And like, it was hard for him and he can't compare his hard to her hard because you like, it's so different. I I really felt sad in that line when he said that he knew that Corinne had heard him when he said um, the thing about like, I don't want her to come to my birthday party because she'll ruin it. Like, I think people with families, with members, who you know are harder to live with like I just I felt both sides but I loved the monologue I'm agreeing with you that I love the monologue but I also think Sam just doesn't know like he has no idea for sure but I I just think that that is where like he should say that he can feel that and and it is valid but he should say it to someone else he shouldn't say it to her to her understood yeah yeah that I think is more where I'm coming from but also yes two things can be true I liked when she said, though, and she was like, he was like, I didn't mean to yell. And she's like, no, you did. Yeah. Which I also think is important, too, that, like, he did get his, like, he did yell. Because I think sometimes, like, I don't, again, I don't remember the show super well, but Sam seems like the sibling in this relationship that was very, like, buttoned up. Like, the sister was causing all of the 
the chaos. So he had to keep it together and like mm-hmm. get good grades and whatever. And I feel like he didn't, he he stopped being like good and started like yelling and then immediately felt bad about it. But she was like, no, you did mean to yell. Like you were mad. Yeah. So I thought it was such an interesting dynamic. It's it's so good. They could really use a family therapist. They yes. should have a few ses- sessions sitting down, hashing all that out. There was beautiful acting too in that with the scene where they're um, like hugging. At, in, at Sam's house. Yeah. And Sam's like tear going down his face. I don't know. It was like that to me felt. It just really touched me that like families are so hard. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And yeah. like, even, even when family is so frustrating, like they're still your family and yeah. there's so much emotion behind that. I just thought it was very beautiful acting. Sam's like tear. Yeah. Yeah. Tear. And Corinne with Sheldon too was really touching. Okay. I need to ask a question about this. Yes. Sheldon. What is Sheldon a psychiatrist? Yes, he can prescribe. I was going to say, I hope so. Yes. Okay. But also, like, psychiatrists don't do, like, therapy sessions. <laughs> like, I don't I understand. <laughs> it, like, and that, and I never really thought about it or cared about it until this episode. Because then he was like, we're going to, like, get her off all of her medication and, like, stabilize her and get her on, like, different meds. I was like, okay. First of all, he better be a psychiatrist. But then when <laughs> when he was, I was like, wait, why are we doing therapy then? Like, it's what is Violet? Is she yeah. a psychologist? They're the same is role. She- like, they're the same. They're the same of whatever they are. Can an MD not be a psychiatrist? No, an MD can be a psychiatrist. But can they not like a medical be? doctor? Yeah. Like, can you have an MD oh. and be something? Could he... Per- Perhaps be an MD and an LCMF, like an L, um, whatever acronym. I mean, potentially, but I think, but I think if you go to school to be a psychiatrist, like you're not. Going- What's his last name? Sheldon. What? Wallace. I also also in my notes I called him Shelly. <laughs> yes. Good old Shelly. I know he hates that nickname, but we won't tell him you used it. Yeah. Um, oh, so that is a nickname that was used because then they said Sheldon. And I was like, oh, I had his name wrong. Oh, no. They, they've called him Shelly. That cop calls him Shelly all the time. Yes. Yeah. But Sam, I think you can have both. But if you become a psychiatrist, like why would you go get like a master's, like a graduate degree or like an additional doctorate to be like a psychologist? I think you kind of choose one or the other. Yeah, he is. A, he's definitely a psychiatrist. Says nothing about I – mean, this is – I'm looking at the fam website. So it's very – Gray's wiki is Bible. Yeah, um, <laughs> it, it is. But yeah, it says nothing about us like having any other – like an LPC or whatever those letters are. Yeah. So it's an F. Which it's, it, I was thinking that too because, I, like, I have a psychiatrist and I'm always like, I feel like I'm always trying to tell her things and she's like, I don't need to, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, they don't need to know that. Like, it's literally, so I find that very interesting. That was a side note. We yeah. can continue with Corinne. His title is just MD, there's no other letters here. Oh. And yet he does therapy <laughs> sessions. It does, like, that's not in your school, schooling, like, counseling, like, yeah. in, interventions. Interesting. You know? I also get nervous when he's like, I think with any other normal, and again, this is where I'm not a professional, but like when he's like, we're going to take you off all of your meds and whatever. And then he's like, bye. Like there's no observation besides <gasps> Sam, you know, that's just like yeah, that's- scary for her and scary for everyone involved. Yeah. Honestly, she should have been hospitalized during that time. That is why like 
psychiatric hospitalization is really about doing med changes safely. And if you're like a harm to yourself or others, but like, it's really about stabilizing your meds and you can do it safely where people watch you and you can't hurt yourself. It is so unethical for him to be like, (laughs) we're going to take you off all this. And like, you go do you for a little while. And like, I'll see you back here. Maybe if you make it for a therapy session, for a therapy session, especially when you don't know what other drugs she may or may not be on. Exactly. Or have taken. Yeah. Yeah. Does she stay on the show for a while? I know I won't know because I won't keep watching, but does she? I can't tell you that. Oh, yeah, that's spoiler. spoilers. Tell me later. Okay. <laughs> Put it in the chat. At two minutes and 53 seconds into the first episode, we see a photo of Maya dressed as Minnie Mouse as a kid, and I think that's adorable, but it's also a way to take me out of it and remember that ABC, the air that private practice air, the the um, network that private practice aired on is owned by Disney. Was it owned by Disney at the time? Correct. Yes. It was. Okay. Interesting. Wow. It's been, ABC has been owned by Disney for as long as I can remember. Okay. I couldn't remember. Why do I feel like that just happened? <laughs> I think it's just been more known. Disney, I'm like, didn't Walt own Disney? Well, yeah, but he's been dead since the 60s. Yeah. Disney acquired. Good old Walt. Disney acquired ABC in 1996. Wow. I would have said 2006. I would have said like 2008 when I graduated from high school, for sure. It like wasn't a secret, but I feel like they didn't start incorporating things until later. Yeah, okay. yeah. I'm like, I'm truly like, didn't Walt make Disney Plus? <laughs> well, isn't I mean, he? Well, didn't he yes, get like he was frozen? Isn't he like cryogenically yes. frozen? So maybe he did. Yes, he is. Mm-hmm. Abby, how do you not know that he did that? So if they like figure out whatever, like he can come back to life make so much money because he'll be like I own this I own this and <laughs> just be with the money wow. on the yacht like ay, 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 ay. wow <laughs> that little Mickey Mouse yacht that's what he's doing <laughs> little steamboat oh, wow yeah steamboat that's what yeah. it is wow so great okay sorry for that sidebar don't be don't be sorry okay so Brie I know you're gonna agree with me but I yeah. I am not at all a mental health professional. I just watch a lot of medical uh-huh. television shows. Sure, me too. And I already know <laughs> that Sam is describing a person with bipolar disorder, not schizophrenia. 1,000%. Yes. I mean, she's having like a manic episode. Yeah, yeah. Like- and when he's talking about the past, how she would like be so up and then be so down, like that is not schizophrenia. Sam should know this. He's a doctor. I just watched doctor shows. <laughs> doctor. Yeah, that is really wild. And I mean, like, does she have any of like, I don't remember if they talked about this. Does she have any of like the psychotic features no. of like the hallucinations or yeah, paranoia no. or Because even with that, like, I think you can have bipolar with psychotic features, but there's not even any, like, schizophrenia. Like, you got to have some pretty serious, like, auditory visual hallucinations and delusion and, but yet she's having mood. She has a mood disorder. Yeah. (laughs) It's what she It's obvious. I went to school for theater and it's obvious to me. (laughs) Yeah. I went to school. (laughs) Also. Yeah. I don't know if I only thought of this because I knew I was recording this with you two, but also didn't Sam watch Homeland? Like canonically he could have because it started in 2011, (laughs) but like, didn't he watch Homeland? Doesn't he recognize what's her name? Claire. Yeah. Claire Danes is her real name. Carrie. 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 (laughs) Carrie having the same thing as Corinne. Like, didn't he recognize that? 
I should rewatch that show. John That's and I I'm, are in a rewatch right now. It's so I'm pulling out of that. Good. It's so yeah. good. Have you guys ever watched Bones? You know, I have a weird feeling towards Bones only because my sister watched it a lot and I didn't really like it, but I think now I would. So I should I think I you would. Not that you're looking for a show to do after Grey's because <laughs> I'm sure you're just completely finished, but Bones would be interesting because it's like similar in the medical terminology, but also crime. But the characters are really what does it for me. I don't know, Abby. Maybe we should do Bones. Abby's like, just get me out of this podcast. <laughs> that sounds so tiring. Uh, we can barely pronounce the medical terms that we have to read. I know. I have a note. Is she out of her fog? Is she out of her fog or is she manic? Oh, she was manic. Oh, she's she was manic. Yeah. 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 But like she was catatonic. Felt, felt like a productive day to me. A run, she cooked this. I'm like, that's a that's an A plus day yeah. in my opinion. And then I wondered if I'm sometimes manic. I also was but also I thought it was for myself, not for you. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. I don't uh no, I don't remember. Okay. okay, I'm also wondering, I get into, I really mm. get into it here. I'm wondering where Corinne got these clothes. Like, are they Naomi's that she left behind because she doesn't have a place to come back They're very to conservative. Anymore? Yeah, so that's why I was thinking they're Naomi's, yeah. but also, like, why is Naomi keeping her clothes at Sam's house? Like, maybe they're Maya's extra clothes for when she comes back from college. Like, when I was in college, I kept, like, some clothes at my parents' house. Sure. Like, whose clothes yeah. are they? Who knows? They didn't go shopping. That's a good That question. we know. That we know. I would have loved a shopping montage, Sam and Fam. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been good. They have really beautiful brother-sister chemistry. I agree. It was beautiful. But also um, bumper cars with a hot coffee in a suit. No, thank you. Bumper the bumper car. Bree and I did bumper cars. And I was a legend at it because – Previously in the day, I'd gotten stuck on a roller coaster, and the guy that was working the bumper cars was working the roller coaster, and, and he was like, ah, "I see you got out, like or something." I don't know. He made some comment. He like remembered her. Yeah, yeah. and I was like, "I sure did. I'm a survivor." And We're that like, was last. Why are you at bumper cars now, sir? Like, why are you following me? That was the last time I did bumper cars. That was fun. Spoiler alert: yeah. He was the one that stopped the roller coaster. They're probably not allowed while you're pregnant. Yeah, no. probably not a good idea. No. Nothing fun is allowed. No bumper cars. <laughs> no jello shots. No soft please. <laughs> please don't yeah. say jello shots. <laughs> <laughs> this is the only Brie you're allowed to have right now. <laughs> Makes me sad. I love Brie. That was a good joke. It took me a This is the only Brie. Like the cheese? I gotta say, you know, as a person who has to be gluten free, one of the things I miss the most is Subway. There is nothing oh, so like good. a Subway sub. It hits. And like it hits when you're hungover. Yeah. It hits when like I miss it so much. There's a specific smell to Subway, the store itself, <laughs> that I also like. like. Imagine there was a Subway in our town growing up that was next to a video store. So the video store smelled like the Subway. It was really yeah. weird. Wow. Transference there. So good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, anyway. Sam says to Corinne, all of this was so much easier when we thought you were dead. Sam, not something to say to your sister who is very fragile or just to say to her at any time. Um, not happy. She says she feels like a waste of skin. And I thought that that was that line. I, I like I, I'm not a writer, but I hear stuff like that. And I'm like, I want to be a writer. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. It was a strong way of saying it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like it really cuts you to the core. It's not saying like I, I'm a failure. I'm not doing this. It's like I don't even deserve the skin that I like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then when she was talking to Sheldon about how she like when she was like everyone wanted to be me in high school. And then she breaks down and says, why did why did this happen to me? I I felt that I felt that. And I don't even mm-hmm. like Yeah, it was very sad. Yeah. 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 Sheldon Sheldon saying the Corinne of yesterday to bring her into the now and keeping her in it in the moment thought was great for the psychiatrist who's not supposed to do counseling. I still thought that that was really great for him. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. I say Sheldon is such a good doctor, but apparently he's not supposed to be doing that. So maybe he's <laughs> he's a good counselor, not a – he's still a good doctor, but I, I don't know. He's good. Like, I like his character. Yeah, so do I. I will say. And he says, like, he's very empathetic and very compassionate and, like, yeah, he has wonderful – qualities about him i'm just confused about the credentialing that's all i was also confused about the inpatient withdrawal like not helping with that we're just cutting yeah. a cold turkey yeah yeah it doesn't make subway sense. cold turkey yeah <laughs> <laughs> toasted but six inch or 12 inch 12 is just a little too much great for leftovers but the leftovers never quite hit yeah. so it's just usually mm-hmm. a six mm-hmm. okay. i'd like an eight inch to be honest <laughs> six is too short didn't they used to like they someone did like a very scientific thing where they took a ruler to it and they were like this six inch is now four. Oh, like it's not as it's, big. It's yeah. not as big. Yeah, did a really scientific thing. Yeah. experiment. They took a ruler on the internet. Don't you hate to like when they would like cut it and one was clearly like bigger Ugh, than and the they other. give you the small you the one. one. Like get out of here! You know. I'm paying you, sir, to change my life. <laughs> oh my god, my favorite thing at a bakery or like at a coffee shop when I'm pointing to like the muffin or the cookie, I'm like, can I have that mm-hmm. one? Yeah. With that big chip. Yeah, the specific one. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if anyone's ever said that at some point. Probably. Can you give me, the give me that half? And the 15-year-old working there is like, I guess. <laughs> Doesn't – no skin off my back. Yeah. I just have these lines for Corinne's monologue. I feel bad about that, saying – Sam saying Sam's selfish. I feel bad about that. I really do. But I was living it and protecting you from the worst of it. She said, this isn't your journey. It's mine. She said, you might mm-hmm. hate me, but I hate me more. Mm-hmm. And what really, like, I, I was like, <sighs> I could tell you to go to hell, but having lived there for the past 20 years, I'm pretty sure you can't handle it. Mic drop. Yeah. Emmys all around. Emmys. Well, he probably couldn't. Oh, no. That's true. Sam couldn't handle that. No. No. I mean, even like, I think it's season one or season two, when he is in the gas station that gets held up with the daughter from Roseanne, and he like can barely handle that. Yeah. I really don't mean to be a Sam hater. Like, any Sam. I do love (laughs) Sam's, like, in a Sam club. Big fan. But like, I just like, I can't imagine. I can't imagine any of this. Like, I'm not saying he has an easy life. And I understand that this is television again. Like, I do realize that these aren't real people. But, like, don't say this to her right now. Yeah. And that is all for this week, dear listeners. We'll be back in two weeks with the rest of this crossover episode with the On Call Room podcast. Take care of yourself and others, and we'll see you then.